quality and serving people since 1994. Available in local stores, including Costco. Call these coffee.com. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm a Democrat. A liberal voice on a conservative talk show. What's the worst that could happen? It's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat Jeff Smith on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to KWTO. Jeff Smith joining us. Question of the day. Jeff Smith, what's your favorite state to visit? Favorite state to visit, I would probably have to say either North Carolina, where I went to college uh, and have a lot of friends. And it's a beautiful state. There aren't many states where you can as we used to do in college, snow ski and water ski in the same day. Uh, so I love that for kind of the natural scenery. And then, you know, for just fun and friends and nightlife, New York City. Man, no mention of Nevada. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I am a big Vegas guy. You and I have never done uh, Vegas together. We might have to fix that at some point. We might have to do that. I actually, a mutual friend, uh, uh, suggested that we do that um, in December, so I bet you can't guess who that is. Uh, he also proposed the idea to me. Unfortunately, um, you know the days he picked may not be the most conducive to my schedule, but I am open to conversations. All right. Well, we will we will have to discuss that offline. Every listener has tuned out. They're like, we 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 don't care about this OPEC talk about Vegas. Yeah, the, the producer says move along here, fellas. <laughs> Come on, we're not planning a Vegas trip. Uh, all right, Jeff, uh, you have a very widely read and disseminated column in the uh, Missouri Independent about the new Speaker's Chief of Staff, former Speaker of the House, Rod Judden. Tell us a little bit about, first of all, how unusual it is for this all of this to take place, why it's unusual and why we should care. Why is it unusual? Well, the first reason it's unusual is because no former speaker of the House, which is like the most powerful position in the Missouri legislature, as you well know, of course, uh, has ever gone back to work as a staff person in the legislature. So I think uh, that I'm aware of, at least in the last, you know, uh, 50 years, um, maybe it happened before that at some point, uh, but I would be surprised. So just on, you know, for starters, that's very unusual uh, in and of itself. Um, second reason it's uh, a little bit uh, unusual and maybe controversial is because former Speaker Jetton uh, left office with kind of a, a, you know, surrounded by controversy on a few different levels and then uh, had more controversy right after he left office in that first year. And, you know, I don't want to dredge up all of it, but I wrote about it in the column. Uh, there were, you know, he was being investigated by the FBI. He had controversy within his own caucus around uh, a, a small legislative change that benefited a large donor. Uh, and then there was an incident where a woman uh, reached out to him um, and they agreed to have uh, 
a rendezvous at a motel and engage in so-called rough sex. Uh, in the morning, she believed that it had gone much further than, than she had wanted it to go and that, um, you know, the safe word that they had agreed upon, I guess, uh, he said was not used and, and it led to uh, a charge that he pleaded down uh, and got probation. But the combination of those events and those things that he completely acknowledges, takes responsibility for. Someday, uh, someday when, when you defend me on a show and you say, I don't want to dredge up the past, I hope you don't recount all of my mistakes and foibles <laughs> as, as articulately well, as you did for him. Well, the reason I do that is because I don't want to be accused of whitewashing uh, what he did, because the main argument of my column was that it was a brilliant choice by Speaker Plocker to to pick Rod. And I know that's counterintuitive, and certainly the Kansas City Star and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and lots of people in my party uh, who are calling for Plocker's resignation, calling for Jetton to be uh, fired just as quickly as he was hired, don't agree with me. So I wanted to lay that out there to be, you know, up front uh, so that any critics can't say that I'm whitewashing his mistakes. I will say... I just heard you called a misogynist, but that's all. <laughs> but I will say that more than anybody I've ever known in public life that made serious mistakes, he doesn't, he doesn't gloss over them. He doesn't blame shift or finger point. He owns everything that he did 15, 20 years ago. And he reconnected with his faith, not in a BS cheesy way, but in a very, I think, genuine way, uh, has been going to church, uh, every week for, for 15 years in the way that he did when he grew up as the son of a pastor in Marble Hill, Missouri. And, I've watched the whole trajectory with him. I watched him rise. I watched him on top of the Missouri political world. I watched him fall so low that he couldn't get a job driving a garbage truck in his hometown of 1,200 people. And then I've watched him rebuild his life, reconnect with his faith, with his children, with his parents, and slowly build back up. Uh, and, and returned to state government in a bureaucratic role a couple of years ago, and now uh, received this this job offer. And I'll say that nobody, um, nobody I know has done, uh, no politician I know that has made these kind of mistakes has done more to try to urge other people not to make the same mistakes that he or she has made. In, in fact, and, and I think this is actually, you know, sort of a, a heartwarming story and, and, and moment. You and Rod, for some period of time, traveled around together, him a Republican, you a Democrat, and told your story to people in the hopes that they would make better decisions when they had the same opportunities that you all had. We did. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because. I've gotten to hear both of you all speak. You're both charismatic, engaging individuals with with pretty amazing stories and storytelling ability. And it dovetails very nicely together because it's very easy for a group to hear one or the other speak and sort of dismiss it as, well, that's just the other side and that's what they do. But when you speak together, I found it to be an extraordinarily powerful presentation. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. I mean, we had totally different types of scandals you know mine involved a postcard during a campaign as regular listeners know that i was questioned about by the fbi and and 
denied knowledge of, even though I was aware that my campaign staff had met with the individual who put out the postcard. It, everything in it was was accurate, but it was still illegal to coordinate for my campaign to coordinate with a third party. That was very different from the uh, issues that I described earlier uh, that Rod, uh, you know, was was involved in. But I think people, as you say, people hearing different types of scandals from totally different types of people, you know, and Rod and I struck and struck up an unlikely friendship. I was a liberal Democratic urban, you know, state senator representing a majority black district in St. Louis. He was a rural, very conservative, pro-life, pro-gun, you know, Republican speaker, you know, from from uh, southeast Missouri. But we ended up finding issues where we agreed on uh, and, and we built trust from there and worked on more and more together. We never imagined when we were making policy in the Missouri legislature that just a few years later, we'd be traveling around the country doing a sort of scared straight for politicians. Uh, but that was how things turned out. I've really appreciated seeing the way he's made lemonade from lemons. It's inspired me. And, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, I don't know a sharper political mind in Missouri than Rod. He understands the electorate, especially the Republican primary electorate. And he understands the building, you know, the way that the Capitol works. He's a master of legislative procedure and he understands human nature I think those of us who have gone through the kinds of deeply humiliating public ordeals that he and I have come out of it with maybe a little more empathy than the average person for people who are going through stuff. And so I think that that will help uh, will help the whole caucus and he can be a resource for the whole. I hope the whole legislature, if people are going through problems and could confide in him, use him as a sounding board. So despite the mistakes that he's made that have been chronicled and have been, you know, dredged up again by newspapers throughout the state. I wrote the column to say that, you know, not just because I believe in second chances and a lot of what I do in my life involves helping people coming out of prison and jail, find new jobs. And I do believe in redemption. I do believe in second chances, but I also believe on a very practical level that Dean Plocker couldn't have found somebody better for the role than Rod. All right, let's 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 get down to brass tacks though. Here's the, the the biggest problem for Dean is Dean is ostensibly going to run for lieutenant governor. Dean's had some foibles in the legislature and in a variety of headlines that, you know, you've got the the FBI headline, you've got the embezzling money headline, and then you add in somebody who's got a history of having similar headlines. Does that not complicate the path for Dean both within the caucus and for a statewide race? It definitely is an initial complication. And in in my column, I acknowledge that a lot of the time, the thing that is going to be the best long-term can be the worst short-term. And, you know, I I, I knew there were going to be, you know, a week of of terrible headlines uh, for Parker, people mocking him saying, this is like something out of the onion. You know, a scandal plagued speaker hires the most scandal scarred speaker in modern history to save him. Like what the hell? And yet that's exactly why I think he is well positioned to, you know, to do this job. And so, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's complicating in the short term. But, you know, Rod Jetton got on the telephone and drove around the state and met with dozens of members of the House Republican caucus 
to just hear from them, hear them diagnose what they thought was not going well within the caucus. And I think people are saying that members of the caucus that I've visited with have said, hey, he's genuine. He's smart. I think he can help organize the caucus better and make it more disciplined and more structured. And I think his background as a Marine and a very, you know, organized guy is kind of the antidote for some of the issues that I think led to some of the problems that Speaker Plocker has had. You know, I, I, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and and as a Democrat, you know, I mean, I I work in the Capitol. People know I'm a Democrat. So I'm not, you know, I'm not the logical person to be saying, hey, this was a good hire. And yes, there, you know, the Republican speaker did a, did a good job with this. When a lot of Democrats, like the House Minority Leader, you know, uh, are saying very different things than I'm saying, I'm just giving the most honest analysis that I can give with 20 years of background watching Missouri politics that, you know, I was disappointed when Speaker Plocker and unhappy when Speaker Plocker fired his previous chief of staff who worked for you, who's a tremendous person, in my opinion, and a person of great character and integrity and, and political talent and substance. So I wasn't happy with that decision. But once that decision was made, I don't, you know, um, I think that, that Plocker uh, didn't compound the mistake by making another mistake with a bad hire. Tell us a little bit. Okay, so you've got... <laughs> Dean, as Speaker of the House, lame duck this coming year. Power has started to shift to the floor leader, who's the next Speaker of the House. If you're a voter in the state and you want to see the legislature get stuff done, last year you were very frustrated. The Senate filibustered and it was a bunch of you know complex maneuvers and nothing really got done. Are you more enthusiastic or less enthusiastic that stuff will get done this year and how much does it matter if the house is in up upheaval or not? I'm probably less enthusiastic about getting things done because, uh, and, and this doesn't have anything to do with the house. It has to do with the fact that several senators are running for, you know, in statewide races. And when you're a Senator, unlike being in the house, you can get called on whenever you want and you can give a speech for as long as you want, and you can wait for a reporter to be present in the, in the gallery or the reporter that, that you think will, will write up your, you know, your speech, and, and you just start talking for as long as you want. You've got divisive primaries between the regulars, the Republican regulars, kind of the mainstream establishment wing, and the conservative caucus, the five or six members that consider themselves, you know, kind of, very anti-establishment, led by Bill Eigel, the candidate for governor. Given that divide, I think you're going to see conservative caucus members really highlight those schisms to try to draw contrast that help them in their primaries. That's going to gum up the, the gears of the Senate and probably keep most stuff from passing because the purists in the conservative caucus will, I think, want to kind of posture for, you know, for the purposes of their primary, which I think will lead to the dissolution of most things that pass, you know, most, most policy proposals. Yeah. You know, yesterday I, you always come on, come on on Thursdays, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we do what's called snake draft. It's a back and forth draft. Yesterday, our snake draft was biggest frauds, fakes, and phonies. And our producer Garrett picked 
Bill Igel as his one of his top fakes in the state. Is that is that normal of a senator? Or is it not normal? What's your thoughts? Look, there's a lot of senators that that preen and posture, you know, for the for the press. Um, it was that way. When you I were was one of the them, Senate. right? Uh, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I had my moments, you know, there were, there were definitely people who thought that the most dangerous place to be in the state of Missouri was between me and a TV camera. <laughs> but that said, I tried to be a serious policymaker and go behind closed doors with, with house leadership, with other senators and really work to hammer out agreements. I mean, I wasn't just there for, for the press and what, you know, what I think uh, some have wondered, you know, about some members of the conservative caucuses, you know, are they really trying to accomplish things or are they just, you know, uh, out trying to get headlines? We'll see this year. You know, this, this session may be telling because some of them may want to say, look, I, I need a big legislative accomplishment to take the voters to show them I can get stuff done. Or they may say, I just need an issue where I have a contrast with Caleb Browden in the secretary of state's race, you know, um, Denny Hoskins, you know, as a conservative caucus member may, may, may feel that way, or, you know, Bill Igel running for governor, uh, may feel that way that I, I, I need to get a contrast with, with Mike Kehoe, who the Lieutenant governor who will be presiding over the Senate. I expect some fireworks between those two, uh, this, this session. And so I think, you know, it remains to be seen whether a couple of these folks would rather have, an accomplishment or a campaign issue. What do you think? Uh, I, I am decidedly pessimistic. I think the senators in Jefferson city uh, proved last year. They, they don't have an interest in actually advancing legislation. They have interested, you know, as you called it, preening for the cameras, they would rather lose consistently and then go across the state and tell people why they need to be promoted because everybody else is making sure they lose. I, I, I don't have a lot of optimism for the next legislative session. And I don't know if the upheaval in the House really makes a substantive difference. I think uh, a new administration is going to matter significantly. You'll, you'll need somebody with a bully pulpit that says, hey, we're going to get these three or four things accomplished. I think that's probably going to unblock the logjam. Jeff, if people want to follow along with the, uh, the, the work you do, the writing you do, or particularly if they just want to read your editorial on Rod, how do they follow you on social media? Uh, best way is on X, Elon Musk's platform. Um, I haven't abandoned it yet, like many of my ideological brethren, because uh, I still love Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. You can find me there at Jeff Smith Mo, at Jeff Smith M-O, for my snarky takes on national Republicans and my analysis of Missouri politics. If you scroll back a few days, you can find a link to that Missouri independent column. Very good, Jeff Smith. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, man. We'll see you in Vegas. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. We'll answer the question, what are our favorite states to visit? We'll bandy about whether or not Nevada is one of them. Don't forget, coming up at 5.05, we're going to have Javed Sadish from the Hunt Institute Talking about education reform in the state of Missouri. Don't want to miss that interview. We'll be right back.